this time and greet you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's sermon, we are going to be continuing on the series on the Holy Spirit. In the past two weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit uh, in the life of the church. Today, the teaching, the sermon is entitled, The Holy Spirit, Our Treasure. And our key scripture that we'll be talking about today is from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7. The Bible says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. When we read again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, this is what the scripture says to the churches. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. From those two portions of Scripture, we learn that the Holy Spirit abides in us. He stays in us. He is resident in our body, and he dwells with us. The Lord Christ said to the church, he said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send you the Holy Spirit. I will send you the helper, the advocate. He will be with you. He will be by your side. He will be in you. So today we want to talk to, to this topic, focusing mainly on 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, which says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So the treasure that the Bible refers to is the Holy Spirit. As we have read that he dwells in our bodies and our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. He remains in us. He is resident in us. He, has, he dwells, he abides with us. So he is the treasure that we have. The Bible tells us that this treasure who is the Holy Spirit, he is in our bodies, also referred to as earthen vessels. So the treasure that we have, as I've already mentioned, is the Holy Spirit. So as Christians, as the children of God, we possess the Holy Spirit. And I want us to look at the word treasure, which refers to something of value. So when the Holy Spirit, when the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, it says we possess something of value, or in this case, someone of value. So the Holy Spirit, he is someone of value. And as Christians, we need to recognize him 
as that. As Christians, we need to always remember that we are not alone, but we have the Holy Spirit whom is our treasure. So your greatest possession or your most valuable possession is not the car that you drive, but is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that you have him as your treasure. So if we have it, when the Bible, when the Bible says it, what we ought to do is we ought to believe what the Bible says. And when we believe what the Bible says, that settles the matter. So, Jesus gave a parable in, in John, in, in, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, where the Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over, over, for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. So we learn from this parable that we need to recognize the treasure in a field. The Bible says where we read that the kingdom of God is like a treasure. So this man in this Bible recognized the treasure in a field and he went and sold all that he had to buy the field which, which had the treasure in it. So the focus was not in the field but in the treasure that is in the field. So when the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels referring to the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So we ought now as Christians to put the focus on the treasure who is the Holy Spirit in us. Hallelujah. Now, going back to the parable that Christ gave, the Bible says that this man sold all that he had and he bought that field. So that means he put value on the field because of the treasure. And this man did everything that he had to gain access to the field which had the treasure. That tells us he, he valued the treasure in the field. And what we need to do as the people of God, we need to put value on the Holy Spirit who is in us. We need to recognize the Holy Spirit who is in us. And the Bible also tells us that this man, for the joy that he had over this field because of the treasure. So as Christians, we need to rejoice because of the Holy Spirit who is in us. You know, and, and, and this is the good news today that we rejoice over is that we are not alone. No matter the circumstances that we are in, we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit who is our treasure. We have the Holy Spirit who are abides in us and our bodies are the abode or the house of the Holy Spirit. So as a child of God, you are not demon possessed, but you are inhabited by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Now, I like the attitude of this man that, that Christ talks about in the parable in Matthew 13, 44. The Bible says he sold all that he had so that he can buy 
buy the field so that he can have unlimited access to the treasure. So as a child of God, you need to do everything in your power to better your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to do everything in your mind to improve your relationship with the Holy Spirit, to know the Holy Spirit. When we read in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible tells us about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the relationship that we ought to have with the Holy Spirit. So we need to do everything in our power to improve that relationship, to activate that relationship. We need to do everything in our power to make sure that we relate with the Holy Spirit. When we wake up, he's there. When we go to sleep, he's there. We engage with him. We depend on his leading. And he leads us. We spoke in a in, in few weeks ago about the leading of the Holy Spirit, that he leads us through the word or the written word or the scripture, that he leads us through prophecies, that he leads us through the still small voice, that he leads us through dreams and visions. And we spoke as well that he leads us by giving us peace in our hearts. And that's how he leads us. And when we have constant relationship, constant fellowship, he speaks to us. He guides us. That's why the Lord Christ said that it is to your advantage that I go so that he will send the Holy Spirit who becomes our helper, who becomes our advantage, who becomes our our advocate in this life. So he is the treasure, you know, and our focus is on the treasure. The focus is on the treasure. Somebody says that do not judge the book by its cover, but by its content. But and in this in this topic today, when we talk about the treasure within, who is the Holy Spirit, that statement is true. It's not about the vessel, but it's about the treasure. It's about what is inside, or it's about who is inside, who is the Holy Spirit, who is leading us, who is governing us, who is empowering us in every stage and in everything that we do. The other part that I want to talk about today from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. We have this treasure and before we continue, this is where the emphasis is, that we have this treasure. So this is something that we have. It's not something that we will have after prayer, after fasting. No, the Bible says this is our present reality. This is what we believe. This is what we appropriate. What the Bible says, that is what we believe. We have this treasure, in, and, and, and this treasure, we contain it in our vessel. This treasure, we contain it in our body. We have this treasure. And I want to talk about this earthen vessel. In Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14, this is what David says when he talks about our bodies. He says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. So when, when, when David encourages the church with his psalms. He says, God knows our frame. 
God knows our makeup and he knows that we are dust. And when Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessel, he refers to our frame. He refers to our bodies. He refers to our weaknesses. He says that we have a treasure. We might be weak, but we have a treasure. We might be made of dust, made of earth, made of soil. Other versions of scripture says we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, whatever our weakness is, within our weakness, we still have the treasure. So the power is not in our weak, it's not in our body, it's not in the vessel, but it is in the treasure. That Paul also talks about it as the temple, saying our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. That's why we need to be careful where we, where, where, where we go. We need to be careful because the Holy Spirit is in us. Wherever we are, he is in us. So, we have this treasure in earthen vessel. So, the focus is not on the vessel, but on the treasure. The focus is not on the field, but the treasure in the field. The focus is not on the cover, but on the content. I like the, 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 the word that uh, 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 Paul used about the temple. It's the same Greek word, naos, which, also, which, which was also used when referring to the temple that Solomon built. And that was the temple in the time or dispensation of the Old Testament. And the, te the temple in the Old Testament, it was a glorious temple. But the one in the New Testament, it is an earthen temple. It's not a glorious temple. In the New Testament, the glory is not in the temple, but the glory is in the treasure within the temple. But in the Old Testament, the glory was in the temple itself. The temple that Solomon built was a glorious temple. But when Christ was ushering in the New Testament, he said of the temple, he says, destroy it. And after three days, I will build it up. Referring to his body that one day he's going to die. He's going to be crucified for our sins. And on the third day, he will rise again to usher in a new dispensation, to usher in a new time, and in the new covenant, Christ, the, the church is the body of Christ and as individual believers, we are stones or bricks in this temple and in the new, in the new compensation, dispensation, in the new testament, the glory is not in the temple, but it is in the treasure that is in the temple. So when, when Christ was ushering in the new covenant, he prophesied even against the temple. He says no brick will be laid against that brick because the old covenant had to pass away together with the temple of the old covenant. And in the new covenant, in the new testament, Christ is raising up a church, is raising up the body of Christ and within this church he has 
put the Holy Spirit who becomes its helper, who becomes its teacher, who becomes its advocate. And therefore the glory is no longer in the, in, in, in the body or in the temple, but it's in the treasure within the temple. That's why the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. So, the glory, it's not in the vessel. The glory or the excellency of the power is of God and not of us. So, the, the, the focus is on the treasure and not on the vessel itself. The scripture that I quoted was in John 2. Verse 19, where Christ was prophesying and says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Referring to the ushering in of the new covenant, the new testament, with a new temple, which is the body of Christ, which is the church inhabited by the Holy Spirit. Who, who then becomes the treasure or the most precious or the most important thing in the time of the New Testament. So the power is not in the vessel, but it is, it is not on the vessel, but it is in the vessel. So the power, the glory is not on the temple, but it is in in the temple. The Holy Spirit is that power in the vessel. The Holy Spirit is that glory in the temple. And as, as Christians, we are to appropriate this truth that it, even though the vessel, it is of earthen nature, even though the vessel does not have the glory, but in it, God has deposited the glory who is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the third part of our key scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, is about the, the excellency of the power. It's about the excellency of the power. And I'm reading. In Romans chapter 11, chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That was Romans 8, verses 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And we have already established this truth. That the spirit of God, who is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he dwells in us. Because scripture tells us our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Scriptures, scripture tells us that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now Paul is putting this challenge. He says if this spirit, if the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead 
if he dwells in you. So what we ought to do is to settle this truth. And we have already settled this truth. We have let scripture testify to scripture that the spirit of Christ dwells in us. That the spirit of God dwells in us. And if we have settled that, then the following then is true. And which is where the Bible says, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in us. So this tells us, number one, that the power of God or the spirit of God who dwells in us is the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead. And he is the same spirit who was there even before the creation of time. When God the Father said, let there be light, it was the same spirit that was activated, that was brought forth, that came the same power of God that was there in creation. When the Father said, separated the waters from the earth, it was the very same power of God that was in action. And it was the same power of God that raised Christ from the dead. And Paul is saying that if that power, that resurrection power dwells in you, if the Spirit dwells in you, that same power of the Holy Ghost, the resurrection power is also in you. And he says this Holy Spirit, he will give life to your mortal bodies. So he will give life to this earthen vessel. He will give life to this body that does not have glory but it contains a source of life. Especially in this time of crisis and pandemics. We ought to know as children of God that we we have the source of life in us. That the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he will give life to our mortal bodies. That within us, we've got life. Within us, we've got the power of God. We've got this treasure that is ministering to our mortal bodies. That is giving life to this body. And that is the truth. That is the good news that we are sharing today that we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we have this source, we have this well, we have this river that the, the Lord Christ when he teaches about the Holy Spirit, he says he who, who, who received this Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit will be like unto him it will be like a well that will spring forth unto eternal life. So we have the well of life, we have the source that is springing up, that is springing up to give life to our mortal bodies. So we're talking about the excellency of the power that the Holy Spirit who dwells in us is the power of God, is the resurrection power. He is the power, is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The Bible tells us that Christ was crucified. The Bible tells us that he was buried. The Bible tells us that on the third day he was raised from the dead. But when he was raised from the dead, God used his power. God used the Holy Spirit, exerted the Holy Spirit. To, to, it was the great 
power that God exerted to raise Christ back to the dead. And the Bible tells us that same resurrection power is able and is giving us life or is giving life to our bodies that are perishing. He's giving us life to the bodies that are mortal. That same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is working in the inside of us to produce life and power. And here is the prayer that Paul prayed to the churches with regard to the resurrection power. He says, therefore, I also, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. And Paul says this is with regards to the resurrection power. He says, I pray for the church. I pray for the saints that God will give you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, because people of God, the things of God are to be revealed by the Spirit of God. The things of God are to be interpreted to us by the Spirit of God. When, when, when Christ asked the disciples this question, he asked them, who do men say I am? Peter answered, he says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Christ said to Peter, he says, Peter, this truth was revealed to you, not by flesh and blood, but by my Father. So spiritual truth requires the Spirit of God to reveal them to us. And Paul, he makes this prayer, and this is the prayer that we must pray as the people of God, that God will reveal to us his truth, especially that we will come to know and understand the great and mighty power that God has. And Paul describes, describes it in this way. He says, it is the same power that God worked when he raised Christ from the dead. That is the extent of the power. That is the might that God God exercised. And he says that power is the power that God is, it, it, it is exceeding in greatness. And it's the power that God has towards us who believe. So we have access to this great power who is the Holy Spirit living in us, dwelling in us. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 20, the Bible continues to say but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an anointing. 
you have divine enablement. You have been empowered from on high. You have the Holy Spirit, your teacher, your helper, your advocate. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, our treasure. We're talking about the excellence of the power. And we are saying that we have this power. We have this power. We have this power. We are not alone. We, are, we have been empowered. There is something that we have received. There is treasure within us. There is power within us. The Lord has deposited himself within us. Our bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He remains in us. He empowers us. We have this treasure. And as I'm going to conclude, I want to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 to 6. Reading in, in, the, in the English Standard Version. This is what the Bible says. Because it concludes exactly what we've been talking about. The Bible says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives lives when we believe these truths when we believe these truths that the holy spirit dwells in us when we believe these truths that we have an anointing from god when we believe these truths that we have treasure when we believe the word of God as it has been taught in us, it, 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 it produces confidence in us. And the Bible says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. When we believe that we've got the power of God working in the inside of us, when we believe that we've got resurrection power working in the inside of us, when we believe that we've got this treasure in earthen vessels, we have confidence through Christ toward God. And the Bible says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. No, this power, the excellency of the power, the glory is not coming from us. Our confidence is not in the flesh, is not in the temple, is not in the vessel, is not in the jar of clay. No, no, our confidence is in the treasure, our sufficiency, our confidence confidence, our capability, our ability, our faith is not in the flesh. No, no, our faith is in the power of the Holy Ghost. Our faith is in our helper within us. Our faith is in our advocate, the Holy Spirit who is within us. Our faith, our confidence is in the Holy Spirit who is abiding in us. And he is our sufficiency, our capability, our ability, our source of strength. The Bible says he has made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant. He made us sufficient. 
He made us qualified. He has empowered us. He made us able as ministers of the new covenant. He made us able. Today we are able. We are anointed. We are empowered. You know, as the children of God, these are the realities. These are the truths that we live by, that we are sufficient. And that brings confidence. We are able, and that brings confidence because our confidence is not from us. Because our sufficiency, our ability, our capability does not come from us. But it comes from the Holy Spirit. But it comes from the, the, it comes from the Lord who has made us able ministers of the new covenant. Because the old covenant has passed Christ when he was instituting the, the the, the Holy Communion. He says his body is, is, is the bread broken for us. And he says of the blood, the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. He says this is the blood that seals the new covenant. And in this new covenant, the Bible now tells us that God has made us able ministers of the new covenant. And this new covenant, the New Testament, it also has its own temple. And the temple is our bodies. And, this, and in this temple dwells the Holy Spirit. He is the one who dwells in us. He is the treasure within the temple. So, here is, here is my part in short is that we ought to be ready as ministers in the new covenant to give glory to where it is due. The glory is not due to the vessel. The glory, David writes in the book of Psalms, he says, Lord, not unto us, but unto you be the glory. And I want to say to you that if you are ready to give him the glory, then you are ready to be used of him. If you can settle it in your heart that you will give him the glory, that you will give him the credit, that you will give him the recognition, that you will give him the fame, that you will give him the honor, then you have just qualified yourself to be used of God because the glory does not belong to the body or the container or the vessel. No, the excellency of the power, the glory belongs to the Holy Ghost, belongs to the treasure within. That's why Paul writes and says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessel. We ought to remember at all material times that the treasure that we have is in earthen vessels, that the vessel is made of soil, that is made of dust. David says that, Lord, you remember our frame, that we are but dust. When the Lord uses us, let us always remember, child of God, always remember that the glory belongs to him. So we ought to make a clear distinction between the vessel and the treasure so that we ascribe the glory to where it is due. So this is what 
what John said when, 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 when Christ was coming in, you know, to, to do his ministry because John was the forerunner before Christ. Just like Elijah came before Elisha, John was also the forerunner. He de describes himself. He says, I'm like a voice in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. So John was the forerunner before Christ. But this is what he says. He says, I must decrease and he must increase. And I want to say that if we are to be used of God, we ought to come to a place. We ought to come to a position where we decrease so that the treasure must increase. We must not fight for the glory with the treasure. The glory belongs to the treasure. The glory belongs to us. I like a song that says, I am nothing without him. Because it tells you that somebody came to a realization that he is nothing. That somebody came to a realization and he came to to a point where he came to an end of himself. And when we come to a position where we end, then we have come to a position where God is able to begin and glorify himself. Let me tell you, the sole purpose of a man or a woman is to give God the glory. So we must set, we must settle it that we are the vessel and he is the treasure within the vessel and that the Holy Spirit, he is the treasure. He is our treasure and we ought to do everything in our power to make sure that we activate the treasure. We bring the treasure to the fore that we must expose this treasure that we might excrete glory and honor and praise and adoration unto it. I want to close in prayer. I want to close in prayer. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you, you loved us so much. Father, that you gave your son, Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent us the Holy Spirit to be our advocate. Today, we stand on this truth that we are not alone, that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray, Lord, that even during this time of pandemic, of breakout of diseases. May we know that the Holy Spirit is in us. May we know that we've got the power of the Holy Spirit. That he will give life to our mortal bodies. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.